You are listening to audio from Hyde Park Baptist Church in Lumberton, North Carolina. You can join us each Sunday morning at 1045 Eastern Standard Time at hydepark.online.church. Yes, thank you, worship team, for, for that. I mean, that's a reminder for myself as I, as I get up here to uh, bring the Word of God. Uh, as I, honestly, I, I come before Him, come to Him, because uh, I can't do this on, on my own strength. Because uh, if I'm on my own strength, I probably would not be up here. Because I don't know about you, but I was always fearful of public speaking when I was uh, younger. So I got into the right profession for that. <clears throat> but yes, uh, I am Pastor Paul. Thank you for coming and um, being here this morning. And thank you for uh, graduates for coming. And also parents to support your graduates. And church, family supporting the graduates. Uh, and one thing I want to just remind you, because uh, th- today we're going to talk about a passage of scripture uh, about changes coming and things coming in your life as you go into different stages and things like that. Um, but the important thing to remember is that we are a church family here provided by Christ for each other. So even if we have some that are leaving to go different places, uh, reach out to them, pray for them, and let them know that you still, that you still love them, that you're here for them. Um, but today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 14. Taking a break from James and giving Pastor Jeff the day off here. You know, just, you know, that, that, that I'll bring the word here this morning. Alright. How many of you have been on a cruise ship before? Yeah, well, a few of them, okay. So I, I've been on one my, my life, okay, and uh, th- th- this is way back in the day, okay, I was uh, getting into seminary, so, so it's been a little while. Uh, my sisters were graduating from college, and one was going to the nursing uh, school, so my family said, hey, let's, let's celebrate this, this, this one-time thing that we can do probably in, you know, the you know, next 10, 15 years, let, let's go on a cruise together. So we're like, okay. Uh, so we're going on a cruise. And uh, we're going off into the tropical islands, you know, like the Cayman Islands and Cozumel, things like that. Um, and the first thing you do when you go on the ship, they have you congregate all together in this one big room. And they're like, okay, um, if there's ever an emergency and the ship is going down, okay, this is where you go. Okay, you, cut, you make your way here, make your way to the nearest exit, there, here's, the, here's the, you know, lifeboats and all that kind of stuff, okay. Hopefully we shouldn't need to use it. But just in case, here it is, okay? You know, in case an iceberg pops up in the tropical islands or anything like that. Um, but uh, they're like, here it is. So I'm like, okay, well, that, that, that's confidence building right there. Let's have some fun now. Um, <laughs> the next day, uh, we're, we, we wake up, and we're on the way to the first destination. Uh, and we get this announcement over the intercom. It, it's the captain, and he says, okay, yes, uh, we're on the way to, uh, I think it was the Cayman Islands at that point. Uh, there's a little bit of a tropical storm developing uh, in between us and there. Uh, now, we, we, we could uh, prolong the trip and go around it, um, but I think we can kind of cut off a little bit and cut into the, the not-so-rougher part, uh, and, and we'll, we'll save some time and get you there to your destination uh, at, a, at a good time. Really? Okay. Um, so we're going, um, and you know, it's, it's darker outside, it starts to rain, so we're like, hey, let's go inside. All of a sudden, the, the waves get a little crazier outside. We're, we're kind of in the, in, the, in the bottom kind of front of the, of the boat, uh, ship. Uh, that's, that's where our cabin is. Looking out the window, you can kind of see waves come up and crash into our window, and we're like, that's, that's pretty high. Uh, that's, 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 that's a pretty big wave. 
Uh, and then as you're going as well, you can feel the boat. Every time a wave comes, go up and then back down. Okay, I mean, I, I, I want to say you, f- you could feel it. You could feel it. Okay, no matter how many of those six pat- six patches, I think I had like three on my neck. Right, uh, Sarah had like four or five. Like no matter how many we had, you could feel this. Okay, and then the, 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 the whole crew was actually feeling it too, which is not usual. They're like, this this is not typical. Uh, so we're actually going through this storm, and I'm just like, are we going to survive this? Like our one cruise in our life, are we going to survive this? But we, we, we did make it, and, you know, everybody was fine the next day. But that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Or not tonight, today. I'm used to teaching the youth at night. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the disciples, because they're going to be on a boat, right? They're, they're, they're going to be sailing, and they're going to come across a rough patch, a storm, okay? And a lot like what we went through, this storm is going to rock their boat. Okay, it's going to be a little difficult, um, but we're going to see how they handle it, what goes through their minds, what, what, what goes through their actions, but also we're going to see how Jesus responds and then how we should respond to it. So let's look here at Matthew 14, verse 22. It says this, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid." And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. We're there again, thank you and praise you for the graduates. We also thank you for a place that we can come and glorify you and be in your word. Help our hearts and our eyes and our ears be open to your truth. Help us to, to see what you have for us. Praise in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. But so here we have the disciples. Right, they're, they're, they're getting put in the boat by Jesus and saying, hey, y'all go ahead of me and go off to the next destination, right? Go off to the next destination, I'll, I'll meet you there, right? They've, just, they've been doing some, uh, you know, very big, important things, right? They, they've been pretty busy, right? And think about what the disciples have gone through so far uh, in the recent ministry of Jesus. I mean, recently, he just sent them off in pairs of two to go out into the surrounding cities and areas and preach the gospel. And through his name and through his power, right, and through their faith in him, they were casting out demons. They were healing the sick. And they came back and they told Jesus all about it. But then after that, they're out there, they're hanging out with Jesus. And then crowds came out of nowhere again, right, and they want to swarm Jesus. And then Jesus, you know, showed them compassion. And he's like, hey, man, they're hungry. Disciples. Let's, let's do something. 
they, they, they had just went off on a massive mission trip, and they were, lying, they were relying on the support of Jesus Christ, relying on the power of God to get through everything, but then they're like, well, we can't do nothing. And Jesus is like, oh, wait, <laughs> but we can. And so then he feeds, uh, recorded the 5,000, you know, that, that's, that's just the men, right? And you have the children, you have the wives there with them. And so out of the two, the two fish and the five loaves, right, he fed the entire multitude and responded to the, uh, the kind of doubting of the disciples, Right? And, and so now uh, he, he wants to send them on ahead to their next location, right? And Jesus knows, he's like, hey, I've been around this crowd. Actually, I've been around my disciples too. And I need some time alone with God. So he says, hey, let, let y'all go on ahead. I need some time to, to be with the Father, right? So it shows, you know, if Jesus thinks it's important for us to have some alone time with God, I think, I think, I think we should have some alone time with God. So he sends them on ahead. Now, do you think that Jesus does not know that a storm is coming on the horizon for disciples on the water. Yeah, of course he does. I mean, he, he, is, he is sovereign, right? He, he is the son of God, right? He knows what's going to happen. I mean, he, he's that guy on the beach. He's like, I can feel it in my bones, right? You know, the storm's coming, right? Like, he, he knows it's coming, but he doesn't, doesn't tell the disciples. He just says, hey, go ahead and get in the boat. Y'all go on ahead. Jesus is not unaware of what, of what we're going through, right? He's not unaware of what the disciples are going through. I mean, he is familiar uh, with our weaknesses because he knows the reaction the disciples are going to give him or, or give the whole storm. He knows their reaction, right? Because he knows our weaknesses. Think of Hebrews, right? Hebrews tells us that he's the great high priest because he can relate to us, right? Because he's been through what we've been through so that we can, so he can relate to us. And then there again, think of Romans. He's working for our good, Right, all things, right? For those who, who follow him and worship him, he's working all things for our good. I mean, he, this storm is going to be for their good, whether they realize it or not. And here you have the disciples. The majority of the disciples are professional fishermen. Professional fishermen. Right? Even they were overwhelmed and terrified for their lives. I mean, the, the wind was pushing against them. The boat was getting battered. The sails were going, going crazy, right? They're probably tied to lifelines on their boat, and they're probably like, this wave's going to knock us over. Well, we survived that one. This next wave comes, and they're, they're probably yelling at each other. The wind's probably going crazy. Rain's probably hitting them, and they're probably just trying to survive, right? And, and, and this, this is way before uh, the TV shows you have nowadays where, you know, crews go out to, to have the, you know, the, the greatest catch or, or you know, all, all those kind of shows or whatever the shows is, and, and they throw in those massive nets. But they, they have those kind of like big motored boats, right? And they're, they're, they're safely secured to like, you know, by, you know to like some kind of like, you know, massive line. They have those, those raincoats, right? And they actually have a cabin they can go into and get dry. I mean, but here you have the disciples, and they don't have those, that stuff. They have just the basics. They're tied to the boat, and they're like, hey, let's, let's pray, y'all. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hope for the best. And they were far enough from the shore. Like, you know, they, they didn't have a hope here at all. They, they didn't have a hope of seeing land, right? This pitch black is going crazy. They couldn't just jump in the water and be like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm close to land, so I, I think I can be okay. I think, I think we can risk it. Right? If our boat goes over, if, we, if our boat sinks, we should be okay. They don't have that hope. They're basically like, hey, this, this, this is it. This is it. But Jesus had a plan for the disciples. Being in the storm, and that was to bring God glory. He has that same plan for the situations in our lives, but we often forget that. We often forget it. 
Right? There again, the, the disciples have been a part of Jesus' ministry, but before he actually gave them that mission of actually going out, right, think of the things that they've seen, things that they have witnessed Jesus do. Right? I mean, they, they've seen him heal the sick, uh, you know, heal the blind, you know, give the, the lame people the ability to walk again. Right? They have seen him bring the dead back to life. They've seen him feed the multitudes and have the power over creation. And, and, and get this, they actually have seen him calm the storms before because they have been through the same exact situation. The difference is Jesus was asleep on the boat instead of actually being on the boat. Now, here he's not there, but there he was asleep on the boat, and they are still going crazy, being like, we're going to die. Jesus, what are you doing sleeping? You know, Lord, wake up. We're going down. They saw him calm the storm. They saw him get them through that. They, they saw themselves persevere, yet they're still losing hope and thinking, oh, boys, it's been a good run. It's been a good run, but this is it. Too bad, too bad Jesus is not here to save us this time. We can get in that same state of mind, right? And we can allow the weakness of our human hearts to forget that Jesus is there and will not forsake us. Right? When, when we lose a job and don't have any prospects for a new position right away, when we find out that we are sick and may not have hope to recover from whatever sickness it is. When we face ridicule and rejection because of our stance on biblical truth, right? When we're seen as the judgmental ones for not agreeing with the new religion of the world, basically. Right? When we are the fools for thinking that a man is a man and a woman is a woman from birth as designed by God. No, we are the inconsiderate bigots for thinking that every child is valuable and should be kept alive in the womb. All these things come at us and we lose our focus on Jesus because we're worried about how the world thinks of us. When we look around and see the state of our world and country, uh, I've been trying to integrate Pastor Jeff's sayings as I've been hearing him preach for the past two months, and we look around and see that the world is a real dumpster fire. I mean, that, that, that is the truth. The world is a real dumpster fire right now. I mean, think, think of King David. We can be like him when he was hiding in the wilderness from King Saul, right? And King Saul wanted to kill him because he didn't want to give up his throne to David. So David's in the wilderness hiding out, and he says, where are you, God? Why have you abandoned me? Where are you? And we will see that we, we get an answer. David got an answer. Israel, the nation of Israel got an answer. As Jesus will show, um, the disciples will give them the same answer that God gave the Israelites over and over again. The same answer that we get today when we cry out to him, where are you, God? He says, I am right here. I am right here. So let's see what Jesus says. Let's see what he does. So the disciples are all tired, they're beaten down, and in the fourth watch of the night, this is verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, walking on the sea. So you see, this is not like, you know, you're at the beach and you see like little waves or you see kind of like, you know, pretty good waves that can knock you down. These are massive waves that will rock a ship, right? And he's just walking on like, they're like hills, 
or, or staircases to, to get a workout. He, he's just going up and down. He's just walking on them. It's nothing. Fully in control. But he walks alongside them. And, and, that, and, and here, it's beautiful just imagery here of how when we're going through storms, just as the disciples are going through storms, Jesus is walking alongside us. He is there alongside us in the storms. Jesus walks alongside us. Some people will try and tell you different reasons why he was walking on the water, right? Some people will uh, just say that he just wanted to walk past them and beat them there. Like, gotcha, you're too slow, right? That they, he just wanted to sneak by them. But, but ultimately, like, the, the, what people will agree on is that he wanted to use this as a teachable lesson. I mean, that, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty reasonable. Almost all things Jesus does is a teachable lesson, if not all of it. I mean, it's all a teachable lesson. Uh, so, when he was passing by them, it's using the same kind of language that was used when Moses was interacted with by God, right? When, when God said, hey, I want to pass by you, Moses, and reveal my glory to you, but, but you, you, can't view, you can't look at it, Moses, because the, the glory is so strong and the sinfulness of your flesh, it can't be handled. Basically, you would die if you saw the full glory. So what's going to happen is I'm going to put you in this, this, this rock, this, this cleft of the rock right here, and put my hand over you so when I pass by you, you can basically see the back of, the back of me as I pass by and the glory um, as I pass by. And so here you have the same uh, language being used. The glory of God is passing by this ship. Jesus Christ, God in flesh, is passing by this ship, right? And they can see the glory of God, and that's the reason why he's doing it, is to show the glory of God. And the reason why he walks beside us in our storms of life is to show you the glory of God. But you know, it's never gone. It never leaves you. Yeah, the disciples were overcome by their fear and anxiety to the point where they did not recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize him. <laughs> their reaction. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And they cried out in fear. Now, you got to give the disciples a little bit of credit here for thinking that and thinking this kind of way. This is the fourth watch of the night, so this is probably between three and five in the morning, right? So it's still dark, right? It's still storming all around them. They can't see, they can't really can't see anything, right? You know, they're, 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 they're fighting for their lives. They're exhausted, and they haven't slept all night. Now, I'm sure they've, they probably have heard tales from other fishermen around them about them seeing different things on the water. So now, oh, man, we're seeing a vision of a ghost, right? It, it, it's, it's pointing to our end. It's pointing to our demise, y'all. And so they're, they're, they're kind of freaking out, right? I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't get kind of scared in the middle of the night when they wake up and they don't know what's going on because they're so kind of out of it? I mean, I can remember when I, when I was young, I, always, I would go visit my, me and my papa. Right? They lived down in Florida. And we would go visit them uh, as our family. And, and sometimes I had to sleep in her living room. And I hated sleeping in her living room. Okay, I'm sorry, Mimi, she's probably watching me. Um, I hated sleeping in her living room when I went to visit. They, they had this like two to three foot uh, kind of angel carved out of wood, beautiful smile, hand painted, right? But then it had a halo that was attached to the head by a wire and it, was, it stood out by itself, right? I, don't, I can't remember what kind of stuff it was made out of. It was like you don't want to touch it because it's just like, uh, that feels weird. But it was sitting out there by the window. And I sleep on the couch. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and looking over there, and that halo is just turning 
And it's just looking at me. It's just turning. You know, this, this, this thing's not battery operated. It's made out of wood, okay? It, it's not supposed to turn, okay? And so I remember, I'm just like, I'm just freaking out as a kid. Just being like, this angel's watching me. Well, I mean, in reality, it, 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 was, it was just the car lights passing by the window reflecting off the halo. And I still say it was turning, but... You wake up at three or three or four in the morning, and you you're a little you're a little like unsure of your surroundings. That's what the disciples were like. They saw this thing walking on the water, and they're not sure what it is. But I, I love the reaction of Jesus, right? Because Jesus, I love how Matthew uses this word immediately, right? He's kind of he's kind of pulling from his buddy Mark. When Mark wrote the well, his gospel, Mark is like to the point, action, let's go, right? And so Matthew says immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, "Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid." When he says it is I, that's like the, the ego of me, right? The, the, the Greek translation of basically when, when God reveals it to Moses, said I am the I am. God, Jesus Christ is saying, hey, I am here. I am God. I am, this, I am the son of God. I am God in flesh, right? I am here with you in the storm. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, y'all, I, I can't say that I've, I've ever truly heard a, the physical voice of God. I'm not saying it's not possible. But, y'all, when I'm going through storms of life, when, when I'm going through harshness of life, I do hear Jesus Christ respond. I hear, I hear God respond in different ways. Right, when I'm struggling and someone comes up to me and encourages me with just the words I needed to hear, right, to, to, to keep pushing me forward, Like that, 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 is, that, is, that is Jesus speaking to me through that person. When, when a gift comes in the mail that we're not expecting, and it's anonymous, but it's just for the right amount for what we get, whatever bill we're struggling with paying, whatever bill we're working with paying, and it comes in, we're just like, thank you, God, for this, for this gift. You, you, you hear us and you're speaking to us. When I open up the word of God and a verse of scripture speaks directly to something I am going through, or what I'm struggling with, as if it was written to me? I mean, that, that's, just, that's just evidence of the, where the Word of God is living and it is active because it will speak to you. But when Jesus reveals himself, when, when Jesus speaks and says, I am here, that, this is where the call of action comes in. The call to act in our faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to rely on him. <laughs> and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Of course it would be Peter. Of course it would be Peter. <laughs> right? I mean, he, he's the one that was known for the one that he would, he would step up and he would say what's on top of, the top of his head, right? He would just say it. He would just do it. Uh, you can kind of get the picture of them on the boat, right? And they're, they're all kind of huddled together. They're, they're kind of terrified. They're trying to survive the storm. And all of a sudden, this, this spirit is speaking to them. And they're like, whoa. Like, who's going to respond? Who's going to speak back? Who, who's going to say something? I don't know. I don't know. Who's going to do it? And they all start to like, just look at Peter. Because they know he's going to do it. Like, they, they know that he will do it. So they, they look at him, and Peter's like, let's go. 
All right, let's, let's do it. So he says, Lord, if it is you, if you are Jesus, if you're, if you're, if you're my savior, if you're, if you're my teacher, my rabbi, my God, then call me out, command me to come to you on the water. Command me to come out there on the water. I mean, honestly, we need to have the boldness and courage that Peter shows here. Right? Sometimes his boldness can kind of get him in trouble because he can speak without thinking. But here, we need to have that kind of boldness. We need to have that kind of, of courage and commitment and faith in Jesus. He asked Jesus, if, if you are Lord, call me out there. Now, I, I, don't think this, I don't think this is him testing Jesus in the sense of like us trying to say, hey, if you are who you say you are, you know, show me some kind of ID, you know, show, 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 me, show, me, show me some kind of trick. If you're, if you're saying that you're this, you know, person that can do these amazing miracles, do something, heal, heal somebody, you know. No, no, I, I can't get, this is the sense that, uh, of what we hear in 1 John, right? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. I mean, th- th- this is Peter saying, you know, we, we've heard these things around us. There, there are evil things around us. Or, and, and I don't know if I can trust what I'm seeing, but I trust that if it is you, Jesus, you can command me to come out there, and I can step out there and walk with you, and I will be in your hands. Just have that kind of confidence. And Jesus said, come. So here Peter was empowered by Jesus' call, and he responded with his actions, with, with his steps, right? I mean, you can probably see the disciples. The disciples were like, Peter, what are you doing, man? We said, just speak to it. No, don't, don't have it come at you on the water. But, but Peter, you're one of our leaders. You're one of the best fishermen out here. Peter, what are you doing? Don't leave us. Hey, he's untying himself. Y'all, y'all grab him. Y'all, y'all, don't let him jump out there on the water. What are you doing? But, but he does it. He jumps out there. He climbs down to the water, and his faith, because he, he has his faith set on Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus Christ can keep him up. He steps out there onto the water, and it's like, Solid. It's keeping him up. It's like he's walking on the ground. Because his faith is in the power and the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. Like Peter, we may be called to step out from the crowd to follow the commands of Jesus. Like sometimes the crowd is honestly people who, who have faith in Christ, but they're allowing their fears to hold them back. A lot of times we're called to step out from the world around us. To follow Christ. They may, think that, they may think that you are crazy for doing prayer walks around an abortion clinic. Been there, seen, seen them yell at me. I don't think Jesus would allow what you're doing, but let's pray. They may think that it's a social suicide to say that you do not agree with sexualization of young children. Right? The world agrees with it. Why aren't you agreeing with it? They may think that it's a waste of your life to get into ministry. I might have heard that one. They may think it's a waste of your life to get into ministry or even to leave this country to share the gospel. But yet when we have that call of Jesus saying, I am here, I am with you, what are you going to do with that call? What are you going to do with knowing the presence of Jesus Christ is with you and he wants you to respond with your feet? Are you going to step out in faith? To stand with Christ and follow in his footsteps takes boldness and courage. So we, we need to be like Peter here. Now don't get me wrong, Peter is not perfect. 
Okay, Peter's not perfect. Me up here, I am not perfect. I am far from perfect. You know, that's my wife. I'm far from perfect. We, have, we all have ups and downs in our spiritual walks. Right? We, we, we can feel Jesus Christ literally beside us and feel him all around us. And then some days we can be like David and be like, where are you? Are you hearing me? But so let's see what Peter does. Peter begins to, to walk towards him. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Right? He started to walk, and Jesus was his focus point, right? His, his eye was on the ball, right? For those in the, in the sports world, his eye was on the ball, right? He sees Jesus, and he knows that Jesus is the only one that can allow him to do this. But then as he's walking, he, he sees Jesus, all of a sudden a wave coming from him. Whoa, that, that, that's kind of close to my face. Whoa, another, another wave. Whoa, they're, they're getting a little higher. Oh, there's still lightning and rain around me. I, mean, I, see, I see Jesus, right? But whoa. He starts to be afraid. He starts to be fearful for those things around him. And so he starts to sink. And it's not like he goes, goes down like a rock, okay? Now, this is like a gradual kind of sinking. Right? It's kind of like us when we start to um, when we start to look around us and see things around every corner that attack our confidence, attacks our value that we know that we have in Christ attacks our mission, attacks our hope. We start relying on our own strength to battle the mental, physical, and spiritual attacks that come at us. We allow ourselves to start drowning before we even think about turning back to Jesus. Because here you have Peter, and he's starting to go down, right? He's losing his focus on Jesus, but he's still able to call out to Jesus. He realizes that he's sinking. Sometimes for us, we don't realize we're sinking until we're underwater. Or until we have we so much in this life to overwhelm us and come over us. We're just like, I don't know if I can do it. See here, he knew if he, if he continued down that course, he would drown. But he had confidence in Jesus. He had confidence that Jesus would not leave him where he was, that Jesus would not walk away and allow him to drown. And that's the truth. Jesus never does leave you where you are, and Jesus would never allow you to drown. Jesus comes down to us and lifts us up to where he is. It may look different for all of us. Our final uh, points of this life could end up differently. But if we keep our faith and our focus on Christ... He does come down to us, and he does lift us up to where he is. But Jesus knew Peter would need his help and his strength to overcome the waves and storm around him. So here you have Jesus. He says, uh, Peter says, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Immediately took his hand. 
Now, now me, me, me being a youth pastor, okay, you know, I've got to do my youth pastor duties of either, either putting some rap song lyrics in here or, or, or possibly use some, uh, some movie quotes and, mo- and movie kind of scenes. Because for one, I, I love movies, okay? And, and that's why I, I love to watch a movie and just see, honestly, in so many things, you can see the gospel message, right? You can see the need of a hero. You can see the need of a savior, you know, the need of someone to pull you out from whatever you are. And, and one of the best series that I pull from that I love to watch over and over again is Lord of the Rings. Anybody seen Lord of the Rings? Man, okay, y'all, I mean, y'all need to come over to my house and we'll all watch Lord of the Rings, okay? We'll, 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 we'll marathon it. Anybody read the books, kids, books? So, okay, all right, so y'all need to read books. So, <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings, they're, they're each four hours long, three movies, so somewhere in there, there's, there's some gold nuggets in there, okay? Um, so, in the first movie called Fellowship of the Ring, you, you, you have the, almost this climax point of the movie, the, kind of the ending of the movie. I'm not spoiling it because there's still two more movies after that, so just bear with me. Um, so you have here the main hero, the main protagonist. His name is Frodo, right? And Frodo is what you call a halfling or just kind of a normal little person. Right? He's been given the duty to, to go and do this huge trip and journey to destroy the one ring, right? The one ring is the symbol of evil, the, the, the symbol of just all malice and hatred and everything, this one little ring. And he's been given the mission to go and destroy it. And so he has this band of people, he has the fellowship of the ring that goes with him, and now they're all fighting these bad guys, right? They're all fighting these monsters, and while they're doing that, he's able to sneak off and slip off, because he's like, I don't want to keep putting them in danger. I, I have faith that they'll overcome this battle, um, but I don't want to put them in more danger, so I, I'm going to do it by myself. So he gets, he gets in the boat, he starts to cross this river, and then as he's going by himself, right, his, his, his best bud, right, his best bud named Sam, Sam comes running out of the woods. He's like, what are you doing? I I, want to come with you. It's it's, it's been my job to come with you and stick by you. And so he starts wading out in the water, right, trying trying to come with him. And Frodo's like, no, 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 go back. And he's deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden Frodo's like, you can't swim. And I'm just like, what what is he doing? And and so Sam keeps going. You see him trying to fight to get into the boat. uh, And then ultimately he goes under the water. Right, you see this imagery of him just reaching up because he just wants to be there. He wants to do the mission, right? He wants to be there. And all of a sudden, a hand comes down and just grabs him and just yanks him out of the water and pulls him up into the boat, right? And, and, and he's saved, right? That's what Jesus does for us. It looks differently for all of us there again. But when we're drowning, when we're under so much pressure, under so much anxiety, under so whatever it is, uh, our, our self-worth, anything, uh, the, the culture around us, the lies that we hear, when we allow them to overcome us, Jesus is there just holding his hand saying, take it. Take it. He is there for all of us. He says, use my strength to overcome it because I have overcome it. You can overcome it through my strength. And he says, he says, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? You know, some, some people kind of read that and they're like, man, Jesus, that's a little harsh. The dude was about to drown. <laughs> and now you're, you're kind of making fun of his, making fun of his, uh, his faith there? Oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? I don't think this is any kind of chastisement by Jesus. I don't think this is him making fun of Peter or, or kind of being like, you need to do better, bro. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's not what he's doing. No, he, he says, Peter, you know what? I'm here. I'm always, I'm always here for you. No matter if you doubt before, if you doubt after this, is 
Jesus knew Peter, Peter was going to doubt again. Peter's going to turn away again. He's saying, I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to reach out my hand and say, I'm here, take it. You don't need to worry. You don't need to doubt. I know you're going to. I'm still going to be here. But the measure of your faith is not what matters the most. Say that again. The measure of your faith is not what matters the most. Because here Peter, Peter, Peter was losing some faith here. He, he, he has some, some small faith. It is the object of your faith that always matters the most. Because like I said, we're, we all have ups and downs. Okay? When we feel close to God, when we feel far away from God. Where our faith is massive and huge, and we know that, that he's always there. And then when we feel alone, isolated, small, and our faith is lacking. It's not the measure of your faith. It's the object of your faith that always matters the most. Peter's faith was, was, was growing smaller because he took his eyes off of Jesus. But when we do that, and we try and put our faith, try and put our object of our faith in different things around us, be it friends, be it relationships, um, be it other kind of groups or meetings or, or, or whatever it is, right? Whatever we put our faith in other than Jesus, whatever object we replace him with, you're going to fall sooner or later. You're going to start to drown. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't take a hands-off approach. Right? He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't pick you up right, and say, hey, I am here, reach out. He doesn't leave you there. He, doesn't, he, he didn't pick Peter up and be like, okay, man, here you go. I'm going to push you towards the boat. See, see you on shore. He, he, didn't, he didn't keep walking on the water to you know, see, show how awesome he was. No, he walked with Peter, right? You kind of get, kind of get the, the, the sense of imagery right here uh, of like a, a sports team. You know, if someone gets hurt on the, on the team and they can't walk off the field, or if you have a soldier, right, and, and he gets wounded and, and he, he can't walk back to first aid, what happens, right? A teammate comes along with their teammate or, or, or a, a fellow soldier comes alongside and says, hey, lean on me, right? Put your arm over me and, and, and walk with me. Use my strength so we, we, can, we can get back, get back to help, right? We can get back to safety. Jesus walks with Peter, Verse 32, and when they got into the boat, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Jesus went back with him, walked with him back through the waves, right? As far as Peter got, we don't know how far he got, but I mean, he got away from the boat. Jesus took him back to the boat. No, we, we've been given a faith family, right? We, we, we've been given a fellowship here together that God's put together for, for such, 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 such a time as this. God has pulled us all here together. And now we have some graduates who are leaving the boat. We have some people who are leaving the boat to go off and experience different things. And, and, and graduates, hear me, you will experience different things. Whether you are close to home or you're going off, no matter what, you're going to experience different things. You're going to meet people who, who believe different than you, people who think different from you, have their hopes and things that are different from you. Honestly, they may not realize that they're drowning. 
They might not realize that they need a savior. And they may look at you and think it's ridiculous that you believe in Jesus Christ, that you think that he's your savior, that he's the only, way, the only truth, the way, and the life. They will think that. But Jesus is not going to let you go from here off on your own. He's going to be walking with you. Y'all, as a church family, reach out to those who people who, the, the, the students who are going out. And then as we are here living together, reach out to each other. Love one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. We are, we are doing life together in living for Jesus Christ. So the boat is not bad. The safety of the ship is not bad. Or Jesus wouldn't have took them there. We need to rely on Jesus because he knows where we need to go. He knows that, that we need to rely on his strength. And there, there's a little bit of a different scene that happens here. Because at the end, in verse 33, and those in the boat worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. This is a complete difference from the first storm they were at. The first storm they were at, you know, Jesus was asleep in the boat, and they're like, you know, Lord, wake up, we're all going to die. And he wakes up and he calms the storm with a word. And they're like, whoa, who is this guy? Who is this guy that controls the waves, controls the storms? And they were terrified. But here, they see Peter go into the water and walk. They see him start to go down. They see him calling out for Jesus. They see Jesus pull him up. They see Jesus walk back with him in the boat. They see Jesus come into the boat and calm the storm. And they say, truly, you are the son of God. And they praised him. And they praised him. But they just went through a massive storm. They just went through something that they were pretty sure they were, were going to die from. I love what C.S. Lewis, uh, C.S. Lewis, the author of uh, Chronicles of Narnia and different kind of theological works that I would highly recommend you read. He says this, skeptical, incredulous, materialistic ruts have been deeply engraved in our thought, perhaps even in our physical brains by all our earlier lives. At the slightest jerk, our thought will flow down those old ruts. And notice when the jerks come usually at the precise moment when we might receive grace. And if you were a devil, would you not give the jerk just at those moments? I think that all Christians have found that he is active near the altar around the eve of conversion. Worldly anxieties, physical discomforts, fancies, doubts are often poured in at such junctures. But the grace is not frustrated. One gets more by pressing steadily on through these interruptions than on occasions when all goes smoothly. Hmm. More grace is found in these times of interruptions than on occasions when all goes smoothly. You know, Christian life, following Christ, putting Christ as your Lord and Savior, does not promise you an easy journey. It does not promise you smooth sailing. The disciples were not promised smooth sailing. They knew the risk of going out on the ocean. 
I wasn't promised a smooth sailing on the, on the uh, cruise, even though I'm kind of shocked by that. But I wasn't promised smooth sailing. When I was seven and put my life in, the, in Jesus Christ's hands, I wasn't promised a smooth and easy life. It is a lie from the enemy to buy into that idea that putting your, your faith in Jesus Christ means it's going to be an easy life and just blessings upon blessings. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be storms. There are things that are coming your way that will test your faith. Will test your faith. But here's the overall point from this passage that I, want, that I would love all of you all to, to take home with you. Don't allow the waves and storms in this life to take your eyes off of Jesus, but use them to strengthen your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Don't allow the storms around you to distract you. Take your eyes on Christ. Allow it to strengthen your faith in the object of your faith, who is Jesus Christ. I'll close with this. Hebrews 12, 2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Now, when y'all's eyes are on Jesus, the sovereign, gracious, loving, merciful Savior, you can always rest securely in him. When you are weak, he is strong. Use the storms to strengthen your faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for allowing us to be here today. God, to be able to, to, to praise you for bringing the graduates. To allowing them to be in a place like this that believes in your truth, that believes in your word. God, but to know that, that they will face storms, but even as adults will face storms. We are not promised an easy life, but we are promised that you will not leave us, that you will not forsake us, that you will not leave us in those storms. Help us to go from this place and be strengthened in our faith in you and keeping our focus on your son, Jesus Christ. Pray on his name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Hyde Park Baptist Church, please check out our website, hydepark.church, or on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Hyde Park Baptist.